Coming up on Verse Chorus Verse, we talk about three songs that it's absolutely no shock that we would pick. That's next. Welcome to episode 140, maybe 141 of Verse Chorus Verse. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know if we'll have time. I am DL. Good to talk to you. I don't know, man. I'm DL. <laughs> With me is Evil. I've heard that you like heavy metal. Jimmy Evil. It's the rumor. How are you? I'm good. Got a Van Halen. Got your purple Stanley mug it's and your Van Halen Yeah, shirt. I'm you drinking out of my girl's purple Stanley mug and have a Van Halen t-shirt on, so life's great. Also with us is Rachel also picked a song for this episode. Polio. Rachel, <laughs> how are you doing tonight? That was creative. I'm doing great. I also have a Stanley Cup, but I have no Van Halen shirt. Gotta fix that. How are you doing, David? I'm doing good. I kind of feel like we already recorded a, a episode, right? We did. Maybe. We have some fun stuff coming down the pike that we talked about tonight, and we can't tell you listeners. Secret, I got a secret. We have like 17 secrets now, don't we? We've never, have we ever talked about Sticks? The band? Yeah. (laughs) No, the wood. Secret, secret, (laughs) I've got a secret. That was a good one. That was pretty good. She got jokes. (laughs) She's got jokes tonight. I I mean, there might have been a couple Domo Origato jokes here and there, but we have never talked about Sticks. Sticks was, I think, maybe the first cassette tape that I had in my possession as a young... Really? I remember really liking it. Okay. Did you see them live, though, is the question. No, I did not. They're one of those bands that was at the Boise County Fair, like, you know... (laughs) Every year for ever, right? I'm thinking about the Kilroy was here like live show. Like they did like a live performance with like the robots and Oh yeah, I didn't I'm doubt I was born yet. You <laughs> I don't old think man. so. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was early 80s. How the fuck did we get to sticks? Uh, secret secret. We got a secret. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, weird rabbit hole. Hi everybody. <laughs> it's us three. We're here. Back again. Um yeah, back again with a new rotation. This is the third time this year that we have all brought one specific song to talk about. Last time was really fun. I was in Ireland. You were in Ireland. Oh, that's right. We talked about some metal. That was weird. That was. <laughs> Rachel, have you settled into married life? I'm so settled. It's been over 30 days now. I'm old hat. Does it feel weird living with a man again? <laughs> I'm I assume we're faking it for you. I'm sure your parents didn't know you were living here's together the, before. I, everybody knew. It was here's the thing. We had a date and then like two days later I was like, You're not leaving, right? You're just gonna stay here. That's normal. People people knew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it worked out, didn't it? It did. So far as to so be determined. Um <laughs> no, not cool. I'll ask you, Evil. We are actually we've put a very, very large dent in this season thus far. It's dented it's heavily dented what are your thoughts on season three so far we've done it so far yeah yeah so far so, so far, far so good so Almost far we've there. done it <laughs> it's been good i don't know <laughs> i'd like to don't. think that we're getting better at this but i know I'd that's like to think not so. true <laughs> currently <laughs> we, like we are proving that. the opposite right <laughs> ask a stupid question get a stupid answer yeah. rachel initial thoughts what did you take from the songs that were picked for this episode pretty similar in that there's metal and then there is a song that <laughs> songs that you and i pick that are kind of similar in a way i am very intrigued to hear wait you mean similar from time, what we picked or similar to each other's picks similar to each other's picks i am offended <laughs> and i'm excited to hear why you think that okay <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be a very interesting episode, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We have kind of been pre-funking, so apologies to everyone, but we're we're already warmed up. We're ready to go. It's also a school night, so I don't know. These these poor bastards I'm keeping up way past their bedtime. It's my Thursday, Friday. Oh, well then fuck. I mean, let's get wasted. Do it. Speaking of which, Rachel, what is in that big ass Stanley mug? Water. But then I have a beer. Ooh. Uh sake. In tribute to my friend uh, Sven, Sven Knudsen. Your good friend Sven. Horse Thief, Hazy IPA. Sockeye Sven. Sockeye. Oh, shit. (laughs) 
Oh, God. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, is this a, it was in my fridge? Yeah. Okay. It was from a barbecue of sorts, I'm sure. What are your thoughts? Uh, it tastes like beer. Ooh. It's good. It's kind of light. It's a nice IPA. <laughs> it's like beer. Mm-hmm. All right. It does taste mm. like beer. Very much. I'm glad. Hoppy. Tastes like, what was the thing you sent me? Tastes like bread? Soda bread? Something like that? So, soda bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Evil, you are drinking an aviation? It is. However, Ooh, I, it's it's darker yeah. than... So, you know the video you sent me, the how to drink video, where he did the formula? What's his name is hammered Greg? out of his Yeah, door. Greg is yes. like wrecked at the end. He's like spilling yes. stuff everywhere. So, he, he had this idea that if you it's basically the last word formula and it's equal parts you have four things you have your base spirit like a sweet spirit sweet liqueur yeah an herbal spirit and then citrus yeah and so i did that with aviation ingredients and i don't know if i'd do it again (laughs) (laughs) it looks pretty Maybe. I don't know. He was very clearly at that mode in that episode. You get, As a cocktail person, you get in that mode where you've had one too many and everything yeah. tastes like the new brilliant thing, right? <laughs> right. Holy shit. How has nobody been drinking this for years? Yeah. It's just invented yes. fire. Yes. It's so good. It's so warm. <laughs> Hang on David, one second. David, what are you drinking? I'm going to ask. David. Both of you, what you think of this, but my favorite author of all time, because I'm stereotypical. I bet I know who has, it is. Oh, you know who it is. He has his own daiquiri. My question is, do you think he really had his own daiquiri? So it's a Hemingway daiquiri. His own daiquiri. And it's essentially rum with grapefruit and lime. There's a little bit of maraschino. I have a hard time believing that Ernest Hemingway... I mean, I can see him drinking rum, you know, rum and some sort of fruit, as they say. But I have a hard time believing that Ernest Hemingway would drink a lot of this. What do you guys What do you guys think? <laughs> Wasn't he into a Corpse Reviver number two? Wasn't that one of his big drinks as well? I think he was into alcohol. <laughs> he was. The internet tells me... That it's real. It's something that he actually created. He tried something, he didn't like it, and then. So. The internet tells me it's real. That is, I really wish that we were still naming episodes. Um, (laughs) You know, this is, it is a very fucking Cuban drink. It's very, it's rum and grapefruit and lime. Yeah. I I could definitely, I don't know. I'm torn on it. It's like a. Rum Paloma. I was at the bottom of a rum bottle, maybe. And you know, sometimes it's, I'm making a double, so it calls for four ounces. Maybe it's more like four and a half. You know, you can't just, what are you going to leave fucking eh. half an ounce in the bottle? No. no. You can make one for Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> just a little one. A little bit of alcohol never hurt anybody, right? She needs to learn how to drink. She's, hey, she's officially nine. It's time to fucking kick the training wheels off, for God's sakes. (laughs) As we were talking about non-edited episodes next year. (laughs) See, I think it's a bad idea. Worst that can happen is we get canceled. Oh, well. If it's not racist, we're trying to get kids to drink. Exactly. That's what we're drinking. I think we got to get into this. We have a lot to talk about with these three songs. Um, We also have some other stuff because Rachel's got her finger up. What's up? No, that was like, let's get what's going. Oh, okay. Let's, go, let's, let's get what's going. It's already it. drunk on her IPA. We'll take a break. You take a break. <laughs> we'll be, Who's drunk now? You're, in, you're all I, in timeout. <laughs> I don't think I'm drunk, but only drunk people say that. We'll we'll take a break. We'll be what? <laughs> I just think we have to, we should have an hour long conversation before we record, like the stretch before we actually start recording. That'll be great. Yeah. Every episode. We are a lot looser now. Yep. Yeah. That's what she said. We'll take a break. Yeah. And be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I won. In your fucking face, other dads. <laughs> we are back. Three individual songs that each of us wanted to talk about. You've heard the other episodes. I hope if you haven't, you're dumb. Go listen to them. 
But we each brought one individual song that we wanted to break down with the other people, see what they think, see if they got the same things out of it. We're going to start with my song. I brought it specifically because there are a couple lines that I'm unsure of. Also, I've got a theme this year that I very, very hard to figure out. I'm not sure if anybody's going to with the three songs I've brought so far, but we'll see. What was the first one? It was the Black Midi song. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Hell. Ah, yes. Welcome to Hell, Zombie, and the third song that I am bringing to this four-part song breakdown that we call Break It Down One Time for Yourself in a Bad. No one calls it that. No. (laughs) David does. (laughs) David calls it that. The song that I brought to discuss this time is Hell Broke Loose by Tom Motherfucking Waits. I don't think... Have we talked about Tom Waits on the pod yet? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think... The only thing I know that it correlates with Tom Waits is that my art that the amazing Angie made us, mine is called Going Out West, which is my favorite song of all time by Tom Waits. Um... Wait, I feel like we did the year that Bone Machine came out and Going Out West was my song that year. 92. We did. We did 92. We did. Yeah. We... Yep. Talked a little bit about Tom Waits. Okay. Uh, have we talked about... Oh, total digression. Sticks? We haven't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this time I'm talking about The Wood. The Wood? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so Heath Ledger's Joker is fucking yes. Tom Waits. That interview. Uh... Yeah. There is a, there's an interview like on some old talk show. I can't remember like Dick Cavett yeah. or some bullshit like that. If you watch it and you watch him and his mannerisms and the way his the cadence to his like his voice and the way he speaks, it is Heath Ledger's Joker. It, I know exactly what you're talking about. All you have to look up on Google is Heath Ledger Tom Waits, and it'll you'll see that interview. Yeah. Oh, it it's is. amazing. It is. Yeah. Who I am, I fucking love Tom Waits. I will always love Tom Waits. If you haven't seen the movie Seven Psychopaths, which is one of the greatest comedies of all time, go watch that. He's in it. Petting a bunny. Um, the song Hell Broke Loose is off of Bad As Me, which is Tom Waits' last studio album. I mean, I don't want to say last. His most recent. The, yes, his most recent studio album, which came out in 2011. It is an amazing album, as all Tom Waits is. Before I start to break this down myself... This one song off of his seventh <laughs> studio album. Rachel, mm-hmm. was it an eye roll? Here we fucking go again. What was it for you initially? It was, okay, so I had very little Tom Waits experience, but I do have to say I initially tried to turn on both of these songs passively <laughs> because it was, <laughs> there's a lot going on in this song and in other songs that are in this podcast today. Um, it's true. So there's that. Evil, same question. I'm in kind of the same boat as Rachel's. I'm not... I have thin Tom Waits knowledge musically. Okay. And so this was like... I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. I, I like immediately was like... Zoom, I'm like, I got to listen to this. And I need to listen to this album. And I don't have time right now, but now I have to listen to Tom Waits. So it, it immediately caught my attention. I'm very, I don't want to say I'm very surprised. That sounds stuffy. Tom Waits seems like such an evil type of artist. Going purely on the judgment of this song alone, I would say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hell Broke Loose, which if you listen to it, is this very bombastic, violent, yeah. mishmashed percussion that's coming from knee slaps and claps and bass thumps moaning in the background and shit like that is very, very obviously a song about modern day warfare and the modern day soldier, what they have to go through. I don't know if I want to just go into lyrics now, if I want to, yeah, you know, Tom, we all know a lot to talk about. (laughs) We all know Tom Waits voice. We all know what it automatically brings to the table the epitome of grit and violence without being it's not angry i don't know can either of you describe what his voice does it's weathered aged in a way it's i I, great depression boot yeah 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 (laughs) like it is a voice that carries with it 
a level of dense experience. Yeah. Yes. First two lines of the song. I had a good home, but I left. I had a good home, but I left right left. Very, very obviously. Okay. You are in. You already know what this is about. You know where this is going. Yeah. The quote was something along the lines of, this is the greatest anti-war pro-soldier song that's come out yeah. maybe ever. That's an interesting, um, anti-war pro-soldier. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of in the same regard as a rooster or a, mm-hmm. um, you know, we the first song that I did of the year that I has breakdown, Welcome to Hell, very, very empathetic towards the the soldier Mm -hmm. are you gonna get into or do you not know that this song is about a person what do you mean whoa we're gonna get into it yes of course i know i was like (laughs) i because i feel like you're talking about it in a way that okay never mind what do you mean no no no. i'll I'll get to it now okay okay. so there is a lot that has been back and forth on what this song is about why one of the first things that you noticed on this song is hell broke loose Loose is spelled L-U-C-E. Naturally, you hear hell broke loose. You think of the saying that everybody says. But the spelling is L-U-C-E. The reason that is, is because the story that I choose to believe myself after reading, but basically Tom Waits learned about a soldier named Jeffrey Lucy, who was a reservist in the United States Marines and was 23 years old when he hung himself with a garden hose from a basement beam in his family's home in Massachusetts. Lore says that one way or another, Tom Waits read the suicide note of this gentleman and it inspired Mm. this song. Yeah. So I ran into the same story. I think this is not loosely based, but based on on this story. But I feel like there's other aspects for sure that he kind of used a little bit of creative license mm-hmm. with. Not a biography of this gentleman, but um, of war with mention of this this guy. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. It was Jeff. Jeff. Like those are lyrics. The, yeah. The, the guy's yeah. name was Jeff. <laughs> 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 But but yeah, and, and to to Rachel's point, there's more in the lyrics, just alluding to like you said, the soldier, like the concept of the soldier, because there's there's parts of it that that don't overlay into Jeffrey Lucy's story. Yeah, which I went down a rabbit hole uh, of, like learning about th- that kid and what he went through. And did you find the writings of his psychiatrist? Oh my God. No, I didn't, but I, I mean, just like the fact that one of the stories that I found was he was essentially ordered to execute two soldiers, point blank, unarmed. unarmed, yeah, and then wore those two soldiers' dog tags around with him. And when his father found his body hanging, those two dog tags were were laying across his bed. <clears throat> this song, and I'm sorry, I've done this a couple times this year, but... This song is a fucking beast, and I just feel like this is such a brilliant composition of a song to get the point across of what he's trying to get across, of how fucked up it is of what these guys have to go through. You know, we'll get to the climax of this song and the end of the song and everything, but from the very beginning, the Humvee mechanic with his Kevlar on wrong, which is just like mm-hmm. th- these fucking kids that are straight out of boot camp going right. into these places that nobody's going to be able to survive, let alone them with the whole, the first thing that happens when you get out of boot camp is you're told to forget everything you learn in boot camp. These little fucking kids are just stuck. They're thrown in these places they aren't fucking cared about, which is also a couple lines in this. Mm-hmm. What the hell was it that the president said? Give them all a beautiful parade instead. With what's going on musically in this song, with these not random beats based on claps, thumps that I talked about, but they're kind of randomized. They're kind of here and there, and then they're gone, and then they're here with Tom Waits' mm-hmm. gravelly voice going on, and you have these random dirty distortion guitars all of a sudden coming in and playing like the same note that kind of starts to grate on you. I just think it's brilliantly composed. That was definitely done to mirror the subject matter, to mirror war, to mirror like random sounds and not an even tempo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And booms and, and... There's even like gunfire recording. There is. Towards the end. Yeah, there's yeah. like automatic rifle. Uses yeah. like percussion. Yeah. 
And then there's that weird middle interval, the horns, but they're yeah, the turned weird. into like sirens. Yeah. It's, it's fucking crazy shit on this. I think this is just such a masterpiece of, of a mood. I don't know if I want to go... Awards and categories. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I need to maybe think about that. There are some lines that I don't understand mm-hmm. that I would like help on. Okay. Sure. My staunch was a chin full of soap, that rancid dinner with the Pope. Do either of you have any idea what that might mean? I, I found a couple maybe things on the soap thing, but I wasn't sure. It, you know, there was a insinuation that... Maybe he was in the morning shaving Shaving. when a bomb exploded. Or maybe there's sort of a, you're depressed at war. There's a razor right there. So the Pope line might be, because Pope is capitalized, Pope Benedict was named the head of the church in 2005. So he might have been overseas eating disgusting food and watching the new Pope Hmm. be announced. Huh. Okay. Interesting. I want that to mean more. <laughs> I don't think it does. Well, one of you get Tom Waits on. <laughs> I'll get yeah. right on that. I do also like the very random throw-ins of this random soldier's going through this. Mm-hmm. You know, so-and-so got his thumbs blown his off. Thumbs yeah. So-and-so's yep. developing. I love how he... A real bad cough. The real bad cough. They all know, yep. oh shit, he's got yeah, he's that got cough. Yep. Every single line in this is so fucking... Pointed. Mm-hmm. We can get to the the next portion of this, the awards and categories, unless either of you have. Uh, I think there's enemies. discussions embedded in there. So I agree. Let's start with the John McRae best line of the song, Miss Lyric herself, Rachel. Let's start with you. I have two, just right out of the gate, setting the stage of I had a good home, but I left, right, left. It's taking you right into that march of the soldier. And so I think it starts painting a picture right away. So I really appreciate that it started out that way. The next one that I chose was how, how many ways can you polish up a turd? Mm. I love that line too, because, and sorry, I'm pulling this card. Uh, Rachel makes fun of me for it all the time. Being in the military, people use that all the fucking time. Yeah. I don't know if this is the John McRae best line, but it's a line that caught my attention and I went down a fucking deep rabbit hole because of it. And it's Nimrod Bodfish, have you any wool? That's another one I wanted to ask you about. So I got to learn about this. So Nimrod Bodfish is a character who I think was an actual real person who was subject of an article of an Alaskan magazine called Experience of the Last Frontier in a story called Search for Nimrod. This might take a little bit, but I'm going to read a quote. There once was this old trapper named Nimrod Bodfish that lived near Eagle, Alaska, about 100 miles from nowhere. Around the year of 1862, one especially cold winter, as old Nimrod was socked in his cabin for the winter, he developed an excruciating toothache. Being all by himself and being the handyman that he was, he took a pair of of rusty pliers and started pulling his own teeth out until he finally found the one that hurt. After recovering enough to regain his appetite, old Nimrod went out to retrieve some of his sourdough bread from his food cache that was buried in a (laughs) snowbank. That's when he discovered that a grizzly bear had found his food cache and had eaten everything that was in in the can. (laughs) Old Nimrod took his Henry rifle, stocked the grizzly bear down, and killed it. Took it back to his cabin, skinned and butchered it, and used it to replace his stolen food. He grabbed the same rusty pliers that he had used to pull his own teeth and pulled the grizzly's teeth. He then melted down the aluminum handles from one of his cooking pots to form a base and inserted the grizzly's molars into the molten metal. When the metal cooled, Nimrod had set the false teeth uh, made from the grizzly's teeth. He became the first and probably the only man to ever eat grizzly bear with its own teeth. That's fucking... Into- where- first off... Where the fuck did you find that? Like that was, that was hey. the weirdest. That was like. Uh, so what? What do you think that's a take on? <laughs> like what? Do you, why is that in this? I don't know. I could, see. I want to understand that so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> what have you done? This is this my is fault. your fault. <laughs> um. 
<laughs> Rachel's going to think on that while I give my best line. Yeah. The best line, which just leaves you completely crushed, is the very last line. Now I'm home and I'm blind and I'm broke. Mm. What is next? Yeah. The, when the soldier comes home, nobody gives a fuck. I also love the double meaning of the broke. Not only does being a soldier leave you with no money, but mentally he's completely broken. Well, just the title alone, it broke him. Hell broke right. loose. One of the best song titles I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. The Demographic Award, who is this for? I said people who love depressing problems that will never be solved. Who is Rooster for? Who is any war protest song for? Those are songs that are written as messages to everybody. So uh, that's... yeah. That's my answer. I'm going to piggyback off that. And I'm not going to go with cautionary, um, but I'm going to go with informative tales. Mm. Being overseas from where all the action's at and not having had a war on our land for 150 odd years, we don't understand what happens over there. We either get somebody back that's mentally broken or get somebody back in a box, in a body bag. Nobody that hasn't been in war can fully comprehend. Freebird Award, is this <laughs> is this Tom Waits' best song? Is it close? It sounds like neither of you really have a lot of experience with him. No. <sighs> Not informed enough to make that call. It's fucking it great. Is. Yeah, It I makes agree. me want to listen to more Tom Waits. It is uh, definitely in my top five of Tom Waits' songs, but I definitely, I don't think it's his best the John Paul Jones Award, if you could replace, take away, add any musician, I just gave this a big old fuck you. Rachel, what about you? I wrote no. <laughs> Evil? I mean, is Flea and Keith Richards not enough? Because they both played on this. Yep. <laughs> they sure did. Which is fucking crazy. Yep, right. <laughs> uh, was this ahead of its time, well-timed? Uh, this is a... Hard. This is uh, evil. You go ahead. I just wrote um dot 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 because there's no <laughs> there's those don't apply. It doesn't compute. Rachel, I think this song has been written a couple times in different iterations. We have the rooster. You have country Joe and the fish. Yep. Timing. I feel like it's good to be reminded every twenty or so years how horrible war is because, like I said. It's easy to disassociate being in the States away from everything. Is the band as good as the song? Yes. Mm-hmm. Probably. No, Tom Waits is a fucking legend. Right. I'm not even... Yes. Good. That's all. <laughs> good. Who won the song, Rachel? The people that won the song are those gentlemen that have gone to war that... I was going to say nobody, but, you know, I bet that Jeff, Private Lucy, whatever you want to say, I bet that his family and friends people like that really appreciated that somebody cared so much and felt so much about his story right that they made this amazing piece of art you know if you're a parent or a, or a family member or something just to have anything be some sort of can we at least be aware of this please mm-hmm. i feel like that probably meant a lot i'll say that evil what about you i don't think win is the right word i think validation yeah. Yeah, valid. Yeah, just to kind of echo both of you, I think validation. There's there's a little bit of validation that someone is willing to carry the message forward. It's awful that we have to be constantly reminded as a species of what we're capable of doing to one another. Yes, I'm sorry to harp on this, and I know this is so much a DL goes dark. I need to come up with like a theme song for that. <laughs> but a happy DL one. DL goes dark. <laughs> DL goes dark. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to read the last verse and then we'll move on to the next song. But I, if you haven't heard the song, please listen to it. Pay attention. It's a powerful song. When I was over here, I never got to vote. I left my arm in my coat. My mom, she died and never wrote. We sat by the fire and ate a goat. Just before he died, he had a toke. Now I'm home and I'm blind and I'm broke. What is next? I just... Mm. It, I know it's a fucking tough listen, but it's, I think shit like this is important, man. I really do. I think it's important that he brings up meth because of, I think that's overlooked too. How okay we are with the soldiers over there getting addicted to drugs while they're over there Mm -hmm. and not caring about what, anyway, sorry, this is, this is so dark. I'm sorry. This is, I don't think I think ahead on some of these decisions. Yeah, let's go live. Let's let's not (laughs) edit (laughs) anything. 
let's take a quick little break and then we will get back with some light happy tunes. <laughs> oh my God. We'll be right back. Uh. are back let's fucking pick this up a bit look it's it's still dark material but hey we can have fucking fun with this one evil what song did you bring to the fucking table this time i chose the grand conjuration by opeth because you know i wanted to lighten things up with a song from an album that was an originally a concept album but that concept was somewhat scrapped about a man who was possessed by the devil and killed his mother um yeah yeah light. you know you know Happy. light work <laughs> anyway this was from opeth's 2005 album ghost reveries it was their eighth studio album came out to rave reviews across the board uh one of their fucking most a did Right. All Music gave this a 5 out of 5. Alternative Press gave it a 5 out of 5. Blabbermouth, 10 out of 10. Drowned in Sound, 10 out of 10. Kerrang, 5 out of 5. Pitchfork, 8.4 out of 10. Pop Matters, 9 out of 10. Rock Hard, 9 out of 10. Rock Sound, 9 out of 10. Terrorizer, 9.5 out of 10. Holy fucking shit. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. They did okay. <laughs> this came out in a time where I was barely ready for Opeth. I had kind of progressed <laughs> in metal to the nerd. point where I was fucking barely ready for this kind of music. Now it's like, yeah, of course, I love Opeth. I want to ask you as Rachel and I being the metal much more novice than you are, what is Opeth in the grand scheme of metal? If you ask an average metalhead, who is Opeth? Okay, they don't fit any genre. I always talk about N equals one kind of bands. Opeth's one of those. They're a Swedish band. So you could say they're, you know, somewhat in that vein, but they're, they're progressive metal. I would say their musical style has grown and changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. This is probably like the peak of their metal phase. I would say Opeth today is more of like a progressive jazz fusion rock band. Oh. If you listen to their last few albums, it's not metal. Like the harsh vocals are not a thing anymore. Are the growls? Um, yeah, all of that's gone and has been since I think this was the second to the last album that they did that style. So you couldn't have thrown us a bone and given us one of those then? So let me get into why I picked this one. I picked this song because it's part of my theme, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but with the band Death. Oh. This is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I want to talk about Opeth more because they're fucking awesome. This song is very interesting because it's not my favorite Opeth song. It's challenging to me. I want to talk with you guys about it. The reason I picked it in the death tie-in is that he is not the drummer who recorded what we listened to, but Gene Hoagland, who was in death, mm -hmm. was featured in the music video. The drummer oh. was sick <laughs> I and then that. left the band. Yeah, And so he, Gene Hoagland kind of filled in for the video and that's this weird, bizarre tie-in. I still don't even know if I like this song. Mm. And so I brought it in because it's divisive. It's interesting in ways. It's speaking to that. I will say that one of the things that I was going to bring to the table subject wise on this, I listened to this album a lot, mm -hmm. trying to figure everything out. <laughs> I was going to try to not in a mean way, ask you why you picked this song, because I think <laughs> that there's so much on this album that's better. Yep. I agree. So that's extremely interesting that you came at it because How of that. Selfish because of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You dick. Rachel, our budding metalhead. Yes. Now this, as far as metal metal, yeah. what we've got thus far, I think this is so far takes the crown. What, yeah. what were your thoughts <laughs> yeah. going so, into this? I have said before that sometimes music feels like it's like the welcome music through the gates of hell, but I have never meant it more. Speaking to that, the growls yeah, on a band like this. I know I'm going to piss at least a couple of people off with this, but it is silly to me. <laughs> the growls that they do, the, the, 
I can't take that seriously. That didn't hit me until listening to this song. I can handle the screams and the death screams and that sort of stuff, but the growls, yeah, I just kind of smirk when he does it. I think they were trying to do a number of things with this album and not, not all of them landed. I'm not saying that that style of vocal is is kayfabe. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes, right. Yes. Yeah. That's sure. the fucking that's the word of the year. Kayfabe. Is kayfabe. Yeah. yeah. So for this song, I think maybe it is. And one of the things that informs that is that he kind of abandoned this, not kind of, he's totally abandoned it at this point. But with the the album after this, there were some harsh vocals but more melodic singing and then gone. He like he hasn't done the growls since. Just the concept of the, of the album and the song, or some it's some silly shit. It's some. It is. It's a, it's it's the eyes of the devil fixed on his sinners, the hands of Satan. It's the, I mean it's it's very fucking on the nose, but that still doesn't take away. I don't even know how to explain it because there's so many different parts that kick in. This is a fucking ten minute song. Right. Whatever, 8.50 in or 9 in or whatever it is, when it really starts to go all out and he does let out this scream, not a growl, a scream, and it's fucking amazing. And it's heavy and it's dark and it's cool as shit. So it's not taking, it's not, I don't think that this is just a goofy song or anything. The progressions and the themes are there. It's fucking cool. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's cool as the other stuff on the album. It's like fucking three songs in one. There's musically interesting things all over extremely the starts amazing the themes are cool i love the synth backing to this uh, song god thank you for bringing that up that i would have totally forgotten i fucking hate synths in most music in most like rock music i hate how dare you i just do <laughs> you're they're amazing you're in this album and this track in particular i fucking love it this song i've always bounced off of and you guys are helping me uh, therapize myself as a metalhead with this album. And I also came to the realization that, Evil, you love really, really like pussy verses and then super aggro choruses. You love it when they like they, they break into the verse and it's this slow little ting on the hi-hat. And it's... <laughs> but then the verse is super... <laughs> I feel like this group of songs... We've gotten to a point to where we're <laughs> fucking with each other in picking songs. Am I wrong? <laughs> I'm not trying okay, to fuck with anyone. You know, I've been into like a 90s. I know this is a little later, but I've been into like a high school, early college phase. I love you. Just remember that. I love you. <laughs> I agree with evil. I I personally think we're uh, all just fucking with each other. At this I quit. Point. But much like me, I wasn't doing it on purpose. I'm just an idiot who doesn't, you know. I, I, I made mean, a well, that's... I made a Spotify playlist of the three, four songs that we were listening of the to. Four songs of the four songs, and yeah. there was a point where I, I, I just said it on <laughs> random, and it was a random, you know, loop. It was going through, and every time it came to the Opeth song, I'm like, oh, I'm such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna argue. On behalf of Satan's army for the growling. Okay. Um, in that I feel like part of the theme felt like a struggle. Maybe that represented the unknown. Maybe it was a little silly at times, but I don't think that it was completely unnecessary. I think it fit with the theme of the song. Can I ask an offensive question that should probably be edited out? Offensive? Not editing it out, but yeah. Do you think that you see no talent in the growling because you're a big snob and you don't think it takes any musical talent to make that noise. And therefore you think it's silly. No, it's, it's nothing like that because there are lazy. I, I love Kid Cudi. His style of lyric is lazy as shit and I love it. Yeah. No, this is very, I'm serious. It's a comedic thing. Like if I'm singing and I'm the, no, that's not funny to you. That's fucking hilarious to me. Do you laugh at, your significant others when they when you're fighting because I feel like that's maybe a quality that you might have <laughs> like if they're just like yelling at you and you just can't take them seriously and you just start laughing no but I have been broken up with more than once because I won't fight back because I just kind of because you don't care David <laughs> where the 
fuck did this conversation go? <laughs> um, Who's watching? Very mid-2000s for me. You got the middle acoustic. You've got the mm-hmm. clean tone, but you also have the background distortion. When I think mid-2000s metal, for me, who's a novice, I think Mastodon, I think Dream Theater. Mm -hmm. My question to Evil is, Opeth, the band, do you think they are more of an instigator of that? Are they a a metal founder? Or do you think they were just, this album is an album of the time? I think a lot of metal bands in this time frame and after would have killed to sound like Opeth. That's kind of the perfect answer. The concept of this is crazy. Yeah, I'm going to kill my mom. I'm evil. Now I'm Satan, whatever. Why did he quit on the theme? I I think I have a quote for that. Yeah, here we go. I had intended to do an occult concept piece lyrically and got off to a great start with some downright evil lyrics like from The Bang of the Hounds and Ghost of Perdition. Then I did Isolation Years, which had nothing to do with the intended concept, but I liked it so much I decided to ease up on the concept idea in favor of this one lyric. Why I decided on the occult theme? Well, I've always been intrigued by it, especially Satanism and stuff like that. I studied some books that, oddly enough, my wife had in her collection, like Servants of Satan, and as well uh, Witchcraft and Sorcery, and some more. I figured it'd be interesting to see what a mature 31-year-old mind would make of this subject as opposed to the 16-year-old kid who used to pose in front of his Bathory poster. I'm, <laughs> I'm quite happy with them, to be honest, and they're evil. It's very Swedish. It's very self-aware and very Swedish. If, you, if you've ever heard Michael Ackerfeld speak and you heard that in his voice, it sounds very much like him. He's a brilliant, brilliant dude and is very self-aware of what's going on. That's why I brought up the kayfabe a little bit because I think, and I think that's one of the reasons he abandoned the vocals. He's felt like this is becoming a shtick. Okay, one more thing and then we'll get to the things. <laughs> we talked about how amazingly rated this was. This was kind of fucking ragged by their fans. Yeah. The stuff that I've found, their fans yep. kind of fucking hated this. This song especially is very yeah. divisive. Mid-2000 seems like it might have been one of the height of metal fan douchery. Uh, elitist metal fanism. Yeah, that's not do you, what, Why do you think fans hated this so much? The same reason that we bag on Metallica. I mean... It, oh, because it sucked? <laughs> Oh my God. Can't keep saying that. Not the same reason. Not the same reason that we, that's funny. That was really funny. And also not the right answer to this question. (laughs) I think the next song we're going to talk about, you will have some feelings about that. If you have an idea of what a band is and they're meaningful to you, and then they change how they sound, you're going to bounce off of that new material. This was about the time I was finding Opeth. Like I said, I, was, I had kind of progressed to the point where this started making sense to me mm-hmm. musically. I was not a fan prior, so I, I didn't have that same reaction. I can see where those people are coming from because there's definitely a, a change in their musical style. Even the fans of this era probably have a similar reaction to their subsequent albums. It's just, it's in yeah, flames. In flames is an example that where I feel I have personal feelings. Like I like certain, I like in flames from a certain era and prior. And then after that era, I'm not a huge fan of the John McRae best line of the song, Rachel, what you got injected seeds of vengeance. Uh, I feel like they're what she said. <laughs> Gross. This song has a lot of very vivid imagery and very poetic language. And I really appreciate how graphic it can be at times. I got to be honest. I, I, I did not take this seriously at all, but that was well put. And you're right. It is. It's actually pretty poetic. Good job, evil. I'm very much a behold the pale horse guy. So right. anytime that's mentioned, I'm going to take it. Uh, evil, what about you? Even though this is maybe a little kayfabe, a little tongue in cheek, he's playing with these occult themes and it's, you know, he's using it as like a toy. In the framework of, the, of this concept, person, this guy who his mother was like mad, had, had succumbed to possession, and then he became possessed and then killed her. And then he like became Satan because he killed her or yeah. something, something like that? I, I don't know. It's, it's This line, tell me why love subsides in the light of your wish. This is a guy talking to Satan. 
and succumbing to Satan and becoming possessed. Tell me why love subsides in the light of your wish is super fucking creepy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that lyric gives me chills. Demographic award. Who is this for? Right back to you, evil. Metal nerds. Yeah. Evil and his <laughs> like, ilk up. is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Anything different, Rachel? People helping gather Satan's army. Also, metal enthusiasts, progressive rock fans, people who like to dissect lyrics. Yeah. It can really hit a lot of areas, even though it is very... Very metal. The Stairway Award. Is this the band's best song? I mean, I covered this for me personally. I don't. I think this is like the sixth best song on this album. Right. I think this album is great, mm-hmm. and a lot of better stuff on this. It's good, but you also have like Blackwater Park, Ghost of Perdition. You said you have Harvest, Deliverance, The Drapery Falls. I mean, there's a lot. Cannabis mechanicus. Uh, so it's kind of hard to. You should have. It's definitely in the top like six. You should have thrown one made up song name in there. You really should have. <laughs> Here's the thing: is all of the songs that she said are fucking amazing. I did my research. Top ten best Opeth songs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. It's not. It's towards the bottom of songs on this album for me. I'm sure that there is some Opeth fan who's like fucking you idiots that ball guy's a he's not a real metalhead but <laughs> i see that metallica right. comment stuck with you yeah 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 that's funny <laughs> ghost of perdition is john paul jones award right back to you evil would you do anything i don't want to knock the drums because they're fucking fantastic but since hoagland was the whole reason i picked this song what if he you know played the actually drums? did it yeah what was it lopez what was the name of the drummer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh martin lopez uh, Martin Lopez, yeah. Uh, Rachel? Um, I said Marie Osmond. <laughs> well, you can't have Marie without Donnie, though. What are you doing? I don't think you need one. I think Marie can stand on her own. I did the snarky piece of shit answer. I said anybody not doing the growl. Nah. Marie Osmond. <laughs> yeah. Have Marie come in and not do the... Ah, have Marie in and, and do the growl. It might be cute. <laughs> might be fun. Was this ahead of its time? Well-timed? I will defer to evil through Rachel. I'm going to let Rachel answer first. But to me, this seems well-timed. This seems very mid-2000s to me. I mean, I guess the vibe of the song is very 2000s, but like the whole theme... I feel like Satan should have his shit together by now. Like he's had enough time. And so I don't know that it's well-timed. I think it should have come out. Evil, your retort. (laughs) It was maybe a little, a little bit ahead of its time, if not just of the time. It pushed boundaries, but it was also kind of a, it rubbed some of the fans wrong, maybe with its commercial aspirations. Okay. Even though it's it's still a fairly challenging album. It You know what? Fuck you to the fans. What what album was yeah. this of theirs? They're fucking tw- eighth. their eighth album and they're not allowed yeah. to fucking get popular. It, fuck you. At what point metal, as a though. metal yeah. fan can you say, hey, these people are allowed to make a little fucking money? It's selfish. It really is. That's how I feel about that. Uh is the band as good as the song? We've uh, it, they're better. Uh, they're better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who won the song, Evil? Satan. <laughs> That's what I put. Hey. Drink. This actually speaks to what Evil was saying, so I'm glad I said it, but I, and I'm going to butcher the name. I'm sorry, but I said Joachim Svalberg. He's the keyboard player. He's the synth player. He yeah. rips through this shit. It, you don't yeah. hear it work in metal often, but it fucking works in this song. I agree. Mm-hmm. Hey, we did good on that one. We brought ourselves yeah. back up. That was happy. Yay. Let's. Sorry, Rachel. We'll be right back. It'll be fine. We are back. One more song to go, and it's a big one. This might take a while due to the complexities of the nature of this song uh rachel <laughs> David. i love you you know what i run you... songs past you you had multiple choices of songs i feel like you gave me two what was the other one that's multiple <laughs> um i brought to the table boulevard of broken dreams by the great american band green day Green Day. This song was the second single off of American Idiot, 2004. It's their seventh album from Reprise Records. 
The song was met with critical acclaim. Uh, it sold over 2 million copies in the U.S. Hit number two on the Billboard Top 100. It is the ninth selling single from 2000 to 2009, with a worldwide sales hitting over 5 million copies. And it also won record of the year at the 2006 Grammys. This song did very, 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 very well. Sure did. One of the first things I do is I go to Genius and look up kind of what the people have to say about it. And one of the first things I found was, it's possible these lines were inspired by the chorus of White Snake's 1982 hit single, Here I Go Again. <laughs> Here I go again on my own, going down the only road I've ever known, like a hobo I was born to walk alone. Like a hobo. I want to start with this. This song's all about him walking alone down this fucking boulevard. He's got like his two fucking buddies that he's been in a band with for 25 fucking years with whoa, him. Whoa, 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 hold on. That's not fair though. Because this is a concept album. This is about this. It's not about Billy Joe. Oh, it's about Jesus of suburbia. Dumb idiot. Jesus of suburbia. He's, he's an American idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the take on this is this is the entire, what was the music? Was the musical called American Idiot? The mm-hmm. musical was called American Idiot. Yep. So this whole thing is actually about Jesus of suburbia. Yes. Did you guys read about the music video? No. About the video? Yeah. I watched the video. I didn't read about what it. What did you Do learn, Do you know David? it's one of the most expensive music videos to produce ever? How? What? No. Exactly. How? <laughs> so you so, know that, that the background of when they break down and they're just walking down a fucking dirt road? Yeah. yeah. That's not a green screen. They rented out a hangar, the biggest hangar in the United States and it's literally them walking. It took them five months to make. Green Day was put up for five months in a hotel while they made this video of these three people walking down what? a road. Okay, this is... Yeah. I love Green Day. This video is not their best video. No. It's not, it's not memorable at all. It is not a bad video, but it's just not worth five months of their time it would take like a day to shoot a couple days to shoot five months five that is ludicrous you want to hear something hilarious billy joe said this is when he realized that he was an over-the-top rock star (laughs) sure he was put up for five months in a hotel for the uh, this is when dude he'd been fucking unbelievably famous for a while years years. yes what, what? I don't get it. Why do you love this? Do I have to love it to have picked it? Can't I just be fucking with no, you? Absolutely not. Um, evil just proved that. I think this is a very... Look, I, I walk a lonely road. It's the only road. I walk alone. I walk alone. Right. I think this is... By the way... Jeez, David James. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Don't, don't, don't drag me into this. <laughs> David, comma, James. Period. Exclamation point. Hold on. I need to uh, referee this a little bit. David, James. <laughs> yes. Tell me if this is true. Were you not a big fan of Dookie? Yes. How big? Huge. How huge? It was probably my... Th- <laughs> that was nice. At that age, when it came out, it was probably my favorite. It was probably my favorite album. And then you didn't like the next album very much? Uh, that was Insomniac. I did not like Insomniac as much, but I absolutely did love Insomniac. Mm -hmm. At what point do I need to bring out the doll and have me show (laughs) you where Green Day hurt you? Good riddance. (laughs) Good riddance is when my version of The Clash put out a fucking Brian Adams song. Isn't it okay for them to want to get paid? Absolutely. I'm just I'm just doing what you did with Opeth. Thank you. It, it totally is. <laughs> Here's my question though. Did they not get paid enough with Dookie and Insomnia? Uh, that's a good point. Were you so done with them that when American Idiot the album came out that you were like, nah, I'm not into it? Or did you like that album? Didn't even try it. Okay. It's a fucking yep. great album. They put a whole really? musical out about it. It is. It's really good. It's about George Bush. You, you Mission don't accomplished. Be <laughs> okay. I'm look, 
I'm trying to yeah. run a little interference here. Appreciate no, I love it. I think this works. I think this is the fucking. <laughs> no, I really did. I do fucking hate this song so much. But. Exactly. What the fuck? What am I. What? It is a musical. It's a punk rock musical, which is kind of stupid. I mean, but I mean. It's kind of fun, though. They're fucking around. They're, it's fun. There's some great tracks. American Idiot, Holiday, the, you're right. Mm-hmm. Fun songs. Yeah. Don't want to be in America. I mean, that's one of the best songs they've they've written. Yeah. Super Clash. Yes. Holiday has a good hook. Before it became a concept album, they were doing like these 30 second motifs that they just like threw together. And then that's how it sort of became a concept album. They're like, oh, it's going to be a different thing. They were spitballing like movie scripts and and graphic novels and like what are we going to do with this material they're trying to like stretch and as artists and do something new i just saw another track on this album wake me up wake me up when september ends yeah (laughs) fuck you both you don't know this how you don't know what the fuck you're talking about (laughs) this song is just off a really great album and like jimmy was saying off a really great concept album if you take that away it's just a really good depressed teenager song so i feel like that's very yes even taking it outside of the album it still works without the concept of the rest of the album as i feel like a lot of the songs do that are on the album extremely agree with that i think that one of the things that green day has done so well and the reason they have stayed popular with fucking three generations of young people which is insane as a punk band their ability to write the Mm. depressed teenager song yeah. is uncanny yeah so you like the song more as a full concept of yeah. a you've got the acoustic ballad mixed with the electric you've got the very very heartfelt solo in the three-fourths of the way through yeah and then at the end you actually do have this completely different theme than any theme that's gone on mm-hmm. in the entire song i mean i love the concepts i did you know this is uh Between what year sorry what year did this Come out 2004. 1994. 2004. I mean, mean, this is peak fuck George Bush era, which I was all about that shit. The American Idiot stuff, I was all about. Don't mess with Texas. Mission accomplished. (laughs) I do encourage you, this is a side point, when you're listening to it, to go look up the plot of the musical Mm -hmm. and what song is going with what's going on in the musical. Have either of you watched the musical, the actual whole musical? Mm, I didn't know it was available. Is it available somewhere? I don't, I don't know. This is your fucking song. I always thought that this song, and this is my bad for failure to research, but I just automatically assumed when I heard Boulevard of Broken Dreams that this was about the painting. Right. Well, that's where the title was taken from. Gonna keep shitting on this, but the shitty, shitty, stupid, stupid painting that's the, the whole the Nighthawk mm-hmm. knockoff. Yeah. The amazing painting that they turned into shtick. Right. Which leads me to, in my notes, I say, is Boulevard of Broken Dreams the Spencer's gift store of songs? <laughs> I, <laughs> it's the hot topic of songs. I was proud of that one. Uh, Evil, you're an artsy guy. Did you uncover anything on that? The Nighthawk at the Boulevard of Broken Dreams? I did Dreams? not. I spent most of my time listening to the The song, like an idiot? <laughs> like an American idiot. No, like trying to listen to it in, in context of the album. Was it a deluxe version or a subsequent version was released where some of the songs were paired together? So this was paired with Holiday. Which makes sense. Right. And so then I listened to the whole album and I'm like, okay, I get it. That's where I, I spent my time. Okay. There was a bit of a conversation that I found online that Holiday being the song right before Boulevard of Broken Dreams feels like the hangover from the Holiday song. Mm, okay. It seemed like the title was taken from the art and that seemed to be where it ended because there's so much other stuff that supports not okay. the art whatsoever. I think I, at that point, maybe I was just searching for things to be offended by because... <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> I think Green Day is smart as hell. Sure. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I do think that they have come out with a lot of shtick that they are very aware of. That's true. They've had to have. They just, they they walk a lonely road. Did you know that this musical won multiple Tonys and a Grammy Award? No. Yes. This one, it was nominated for Best Musical. It lost. Uh, But it won Best Scenic Design of a Musical, Best Lighting Design of a Musical, 
um, and for a Grammy for Best Musical Show Album. Wow. Yeah. So talk about rolling something into something that makes money. Yeah. Yeah. They, they did okay. It started off in Berkeley, went to Broadway, went on tour through the US, through the UK and Ireland, and then again in the US, and then in the West End, a second UK and a third UK tour. So it actually Jesus. was on mostly off a little bit for 10 years, this musical. Um, the John McRae best line of the song, Rachel. I don't know if I want to tell you because you make fun of everything. Dude, my opinion means shit. I'm an idiot. You shouldn't. I mean, but we're friends. So I'm an American idiot. Nah, you know I love you. That's true. Because it paints a picture, I, I said my shadow is the only thing that walks beside me. I think it paints a great picture of a really depressed person that has nothing except the shadow of themselves. <laughs> Thank you for keeping your laughter to a minimum, David. That, I picked the same. Just laughing silently. I picked the same <laughs> least worst lyric in the song. Drink. It's the only one. I said my, Is that what you picked, David? My notes say fuck off. I mean, these, these are not good lyrics. I mean, you, come on. The demographic award. Uh, who is this for all teenagers of all time? It's, yeah, yeah I, I mean, specifically in its time, mid 2000s pop emo kids, but it's it's an angst anthem. Yeah, that's what it is. That's It's an angst anthem. That yeah. is the Stairway Award. Rachel, is it the band's best song? Not at all. I think it's a good representation of their talent, maybe not lyrically. But musically as a band, it's a good song, but it's not up there with some of their better work. Uh, Evil, what about you? No. (laughs) I'm just looking at my answer for the next question. (laughs) I know what you're going to say. For the Stairway Award, I have very specific Green Day songs that I absolutely fucking hate. Sure. (laughs) Um, I think this is the best one of those. Uh, The John Paul Jones Award. Rachel, let's go to you. Okay. These three boys mesh so well together. I think it's unfair uh, that's to very fair. take anyone out or put anyone in. I think you're going to say you just take out the whole band and then you write a new song. I mean, that's a good answer. With the new band. No, I did not say that. My answer goes along with the drink that I was drinking oh. for this episode. They need some fucking Ernest Hemingway. They need somebody to fucking put some hair on their chest, tell them to fucking grow a oh. pair. Sure. And hey, let me introduce you to Tom Waits. Get out of your little emo head. Yeah. Uh, Evil, what about you? I said, I want them to be playing this live and then the 1994 version of them to come throw mud at them (laughs) like they had mud thrown at them at Woodstock. And then they'll all get up on stage and this Green Day will realize what they once were and they'll do something cool. I don't know. Fuck. That was good imagery. Yeah. Welcome to paradise. Green Day is going to. Yeah. Was this ahead of its time or well-timed? I I mean, songs like this are perfectly timed. Yeah. Yeah. We just talked about, uh, what did we talk about? I don't know. I've been drinking a lot. Have you? It's G chord, A chord, C chord. Here we go. But in a minor. Um, the timing of this song, there's never a bad time to write about the time teenage of your life? angst. <laughs> is it yeah. unpredictable? In the end, Did though, you put this last because you knew I was going right? to be so angry I wouldn't want to talk to you guys after it? <laughs> I kind of ah, did. Did I not defend? I, th- I, I thought I did knew it. it. You just tried to... Is the band as good as the song Evil? Good in what way? I don't know. Answer yourself. Interpret the song. They're as good as this song in terms of success they wrote it apparently they're right. wildly <laughs> successful Did musical i think one? musically uh i think they're better the previous work was fucking amazing 100 percent copy paste who won the song i will start teenagers emos whatever you want to say anybody of an age won that song evil what about you did we collectively come up with who we thought won or the first song. Hell Broke Loose? Yeah, yeah, I think we were collective on the last People two in general. Rachel, who won this Teenagers, song? David. Teenagers. Angsty, whiny fucking Idiots. teenagers won this. All right. Um, that's three songs. I have a lot of 
couples therapy to go through with Rachel after this episode. It's good that Eva was here. That's all I have to say. That was good. I am the scales of justice. Uh, this would be a good revisit episode. I think so too. For you. Yeah. After you listen so to the whole album, you can be like, hey. Oh, good point. I'm not a yeah. big asshole after all. Okay. Let's grain of salt here. <laughs> you had to have a little bit known what you were walking into with this song. No, I always want to think the best of you, you two. You knew my feelings on And I always Green think, Day. Evil, you, you were knew. great. You knew. <sighs> hey, everybody, that's it. We've got our three songs. We're done. We feel pretty fucking good about it. Join us next week. I'm going to sit down with my old pal Sven, and we're going to talk a little D-R-E. I'm so jealous. We actually recorded this beforehand, and that episode was a fucking blast. So please tune in. Evil, thanks for joining. Thanks for mediating this last one. (laughs) So happy to be here with both of you. Uh Uh, Rachel, (laughs) look, there's something you always need to remember. We're hardest on those that we love. That's what she said. (laughs) Good night and good luck. Stay right by your side